WRKS Pickens Jackson. It's all coming back from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. And there it comes again. Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. What is that? What is that? The Soul. Okay, so now the sun comes out. Really? I've been on the coast for two days. And and now there's a Miller Lite truck, which is kind of cool. Um, it's a good-looking one, too. It's tied in with the one with the awesome group that we uh, represent up in the central Mississippi area. But that's a cool Miller Lite truck right there. Pretty awesome. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Uh, brought to you by Kessler Prime and the Great Stakes. Uh, well, you know, ribeye, New York strip, bone-in filet, kesselprime.com to make a reservation. Good morning, good morning. Welcome in. It's Thursday. You know this. The weekend starts on Thursday afternoon, so that's a good thing. I don't know if it'll be a good thing as far as Mississippi State basketball because uh, I have no idea, you know, what to predict there as far as uh, MSU and South Carolina. They split during the regular season, which you all know. Uh, I watched both of those games. Man, it could go either way. I lean towards South Carolina, just the way they've been trending. But um, but could go either way. Question is, um, if and when Mississippi State loses, will this be it for Ben Hallen? I think so. Who will be the next coach in Starkville, Mississippi, as they get ready to renovate Humphrey Coliseum? Which, man, has that – Man, you think about that venue, and man, they've had some they've had some great moments, some big moments in that venue. Um, both both play from men's and women's. Obviously, uh, I mean it's a combo of of uh, Richard Williams, Stansberry, um, I guess Ben Hallen, and then Vic Schaefer. Good grief! I mean Blake probably knows it off the top of his head, but they went on a run where they didn't lose there for like twelve years. Um, and then you think about the Final Four team. That's always going to be an iconic, legendary team. Um, yeah, I mean, Shaq and Chris Jackson and Rex Chapman and Kenny Skywalker and Charles Barkley and, wow, oh, man, Dominique and some great players have played there. So they're not – I mean, it's still going to be the Humphrey Coliseum, but they are going to totally renovate it. Uh, which I think is exciting for a lot of fans. It'll be a reseeding. That'll be interesting to see how that looks. But club level, sweet type stuff, much better, you know, um, game day experience, uh, better restrooms, better concessions. That's exciting. People can get behind that. Uh, I know Ole Miss did with the pavilion. Uh, but the hump has been a great building. I can't believe they ever got it done in the, um, in the 70s. That's pretty amazing that they were able to get that that through the legislature, considering how things worked back then. Uh, of course, things have flipped now, but um, yeah, that that's amazing that that thing got okayed in whatever it was seventy six, seventy seven, and and was built at what ten thousand five hundred, um, and it's hosted some some unbelievable uh, musicians and acts and bands. I saw Bob Dylan there in 97. Um, they wouldn't even turn out the lights. I'm blaming Larry Templeton on that. Uh, no one could take the fun out of something like LT. 
But uh, we'd have to go back. I think Blake and I may do that in the next day or so and and look at the great acts that, um, you know, when Johnny Cash got arrested in Starville, uh, that was long before the hump. So that, that was not where he played. But, um, yeah, they no doubt starting in the late 70s through the 80s and so on, um, 90s. But I remember watching Dylan there and uh, seeing Dylan play there in 97. We had great seats, like row five or six. Out of bounds, 105.9 The Zone. You can hit us up on the Farm Bureau Insurance call-in line, 601-995-1059. Twitter handle at Bow Bounds. And uh, Mississippi State, South Carolina this afternoon at 5 o'clock. I think this will be it for Ben Hallen at some point today, tomorrow. And then they'll go, um, John Cohen and his leadership team will go and tap a new coach. And we'll see what that looks like over the next week or so. We've got some unbelievable Tiger Woods audio from his acceptance speech into the World Golf Hall of Fame. Uh, we dropped one earlier, but this one is incredible, too. His story, just like everybody's story, how you come from you know, here to there, especially in greatness, he's the GOAT when it comes to golf. He changed it. He reinvented the game, the sport, made it cool, and it does have a cool factor today. Shout out to Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. Shout out to Live Oaks Golf Club, and shout out to Dancing Rabbit Golf. Great partners of ours um, on the Out of Bounds show. Blake, let's drop the Tiger Woods audio. Obviously, we didn't know that I, we were going to have enough money for me to go to college or top college or be recruited. So my family made a tough decision, and at the age of 14 and a half, we took out a second mortgage so I could go out and play the AJJ Tour. Mom stayed at home. Dad traveled. And we went and played. And I played the AJJ Tour on our second mortgage. So without the sacrifices of mom, <laughs> dude took me all to the teacher golf tournaments, dad who's not here, but who instilled in me this work ethic to fight for what I believe in, chase after my dreams. Nothing's ever gonna be given to you. Everything's gonna be earned. If you don't go out there and put in the work, you don't go out and put in the effort, one, you're not going to get the results. But two, and more importantly, you don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. And so that defined my upbringing. That defined my career, and which allowed me to get into a great university like Stanford. From there, I turned pro, and Phil Knight is here, CEO of Nike. And at the time, Wally Uline was a president and CEO of Titleist. Very generous of signing a little punk kid from Stanford, 20 years old, to these exorbitant contracts. First thing I was able to do was I was able to pay off that mortgage. Wow. That'll get you. Good grief. I mean, I watched it before the show and was, was losing it. Good grief. What a powerful, powerful speech by Tiger Woods. Great great job there, Blake. Uh, that was Tiger at the uh, World Golf uh, Hall of Fame, in which he is now a, uh, a member. 
and incredible, uh, powerful stories that he shared with uh, us. And you can find that, you know, on YouTube and so on. But how about that, Blake? 14 years old, second mortgage, uh, allows him to play on this uh, junior golf tour, which then allows him to play against better competition on different courses, eventually be recognized, get better. And then he ends up at Stanford, and the rest is history as uh, the greatest player of all time, in my opinion, and the remarkable career, even winning the Masters within the last couple of years. And when he signs with Nike and Titleist, he pays off that second yeah. mortgage that his mom and dad took uh, took out. Incredible story. Obviously, I think all of us would like to be able to do that. That's the goal, right? You you turn around and thank uh, the people in front of you for, for helping pave the way. Um, here's some incredible stuff on Tiger Woods. Okay, you ready? 82 PGA Tour wins, 15 major championships, $120 million in on-course earnings, $1.5 billion in endorsements off the course. He's launched golf courses, mini golf courses, restaurants, a live event series, and his own foundation that's donated over $12 million. As Jim Furyk said, quote, none of us were ready for the Beatles-like mania that Tiger Woods brought to the PGA Tour. That's a great way to frame it up by Jim Furyk. Yeah, it was. It, it gave every sport needs it. Um, you know, entertainment and so on. And um, Tiger Woods gave uh, the PGA the Beatles mania that they needed. Steve Palazzolo will join us on NFL quarterbacks coming up at 8.30 on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. You're listening to ESPN 105.9 The Zone. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. All right, good morning. Welcome in. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. The sun coming out on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Really? I've been here for 48 hours. Not a drop of sunshine. And now I'm leaving in the next few hours. I mean, I do have a meeting. And I'm doing that for Blake. And, um... Crazy, crazy, crazy. But it's been a great time. Man, we've had some unbelievable food. Coast is 
It's really incredible. Uh, you know, the, they're packed. The the occupancy rate of the rooms on the coast, um, you know, people traveling, retirees, business. And it was like a little Omaha here for, for Mississippi State fans. They painted the town maroon and white. Uh, MGM Park was, uh, you know, packed. They split with Texas Tech the last couple of days. Still trying to figure out who they are. Um, I don't think they're really close to figuring that out. That's not necessarily on the staff. That's just kind of where they are as far as uh, losing Landon Sims and Stone Simmons and Casey Hunt and um, and some of the other things happening. But uh, they'll host Princeton this weekend, and that's not a good baseball team. So they'll need to win all three games um, regardless of who they have to throw. And um, Blake Fristo did not have a good – outing there were a lot of expectations from him i mean he's a team usa guy and uh that's like the the creme de la creme of uh travel youth baseball and you know he's got all the tools six four big strong um but man he's a sophomore already and uh they all go if they have any potential after their junior year so you know, the clock's kind of ticking. Um, I think they thought he would firmly be a uh, Saturday guy by now, and he's pitching midweek and not getting it done. Now, granted, against Texas Tech, who is not like your typical, you know, I mean, that that's a, that's a, good, that's a good baseball team. But still, uh, I really think they thought, man, you know, we'll be able to give him the baseball on Saturday, worst case Sunday, and and he'll be able to roll, and that hasn't happened. So then you mix in Landon Simmons and Stone, uh, Landon Sims and Stone Simmons. Uh, sorry if I called yeah, Landon. Say that five times fast. Wow. Uh, anyway, Blake wants me to transition NFL QBs, but <laughs> but that's no. Just, you're uh, right. You're right. It's it's we've seen this before with different teams, both State, Ole Miss, and others around the SEC. Right now, Mississippi State is in search of some rudder. They need somebody to steer the ship, and Landon Sims has, was going to be that guy from the pitching perspective. He's not at this moment. Whether he comes back or not doesn't really matter right now for that team because you got to win the games now. You don't you don't have a cushion to wait till Landon Sims maybe comes back. You know, and, and although Stinnett pitched well the other night, I think the staff thought. Stanette and Fristo would be like no doubt a a big piece of the puzzle. Whereas I still think that they're they're walking, you know, before they're they're running or sprinting right now, and you still really don't know what you like. They love their arm talent, and I still think they can be a major piece of the puzzle. But man, do they need Stanette! And Fristo took click and and take that next step, or I don't see them doing a whole lot this year. Yeah, I so think I think it's that's uh, just where I am. Yeah, you're a hundred percent right, and I also think it's one of those things where with with this team, like we've talked about, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, Arkansas, all of these kids are talented, but being talented and being able to play Friday, Saturday, Sunday are different things. 
because they're all really talented players. Sure. But turning it on when it matters is is a whole different ballgame in the SEC. Well, as as you said, uh, well, as we've talked about, and I, I we've talked to several SEC baseball coaches, it all comes down to can you play on Friday night, not just Saturday and Sunday, can you play on Friday and can you perform, you know, in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning? Um, on Friday nights, but but obviously Saturdays and Sundays are huge, and I just think they thought Stanette and Fristo, you know, just those guys just ooze talent, but they got to get there. And uh, I know Fox Hall and Lamonis are doing everything they can. I know the players are doing everything they can. Uh, you know, it's not like they're not working and training and practicing and you know trying to um, up their craft, uh, but. If that, if, to me, if those guys aren't going to deal at a pretty high level, I don't know what you got um, with with everything that's happened. All right, we'll switch gears. The Out of Bounds Show is uh, brought to you by Kinetic Staffing, kineticstaffing.com, executive recruiting. Uh, load your roster with talent through kineticstaffing.com. I mean, it is all about talent accumulation. You know it. I know it. Kinetic Staffing definitely knows it because they specialize in it. They work with firms, businesses, companies all over the southeast and the country to identify the talent that you need to take your roster, your business roster, to another level. Kineticstaffing.com. Let Alan Lang and the group at kineticstaffing.com take your business to another level. We're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. We'll have Steve Palazzolo coming up next on QB1 in the NFL. Blake wants to jump into this. Here's where we are. It looks like Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones will will make another monumental mistake, one of dozens they've made the last 20-something years, and allow Amari Cooper or let him go. And it makes no sense. Uh... They can figure it out cap-wise. Uh, Amari is a playmaker in the NFL. Um, I didn't think that Kellen Moore did enough to make sure that Dak and Amari connected this past year. Now, once Amari got COVID, it didn't really feel like he ever got his legs back under him. But when the guy's healthy, um, he's a really good player. And as Blake has said, look, he may not be a top-eight receiver in the NFL, and that's fine. Um, because that tier is so ridiculous and so talented today. Because as Blake mentioned yesterday, these guys have been trained since they were seven years old at the wide receiver position like nothing we've ever seen. And there's only more coming, by the way. And it just wasn't like that when I was growing up because people didn't throw the ball, rep it out, scheme it up, you know, offensive coaches doing this, that, and the other. But the bottom line is our Amari Cooper is a wonderful player, a super good locker room guy, an outstanding young man, man from everything that you've heard. And he and Dak really like each other and got on the same page, Blake, day one when they made the trade, uh, what was then the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders. So that's something to keep an eye on, and it makes no sense, and it's very frustrating kind of what Stephen Jones is doing with the Cowboys. I think the only thing I can take away is Dak's going to have some really good moments. They're not going to win the Super Bowl with the Joneses running it, and uh, he's going to get mega rich. The flip side is there has been a massive disruption in, in the AFC. 
Uh, as Blake mentioned yesterday and the day before, with Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos, the AFC West is like something that we have never, ever experienced Mm-mm. in pro football. Nope. And now that you have Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr all in one division, Derek Carr watch TV. Derek Carr has to be the best, worst quarterback in his division ever. I mean, That's he's true. right up there. There's, That's there's true. like one, maybe one or two other guys, maybe in in true. the history of the NFL. But like, I mean, it's an insane division, and the AFC is just, I, it's the AFC looks like a juggernaut divi- a conference right now. Yeah, and and Blake just read an article on Deshaun Watson, and if his legal stuff gets cleaned up tomorrow, which people are predicting, then where does that leave Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans? Does he stay or do they move him if this legal stuff is cleaned up tomorrow? This is all going to be crazy. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. He'll join us on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. You're listening to Out of Bounds. Also brought to you by the Charbroiled Oysters at Drago's Seafood Restaurant and Oyster Bar. And uh, you're listening to ESPN 105.9 The Zone, and we're streaming live for you on the Out of Bounds radio app. All right, good morning. Welcome in. We are the Out of Bounds Show, brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your auto and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. In any of the 82 counties in the state of Mississippi, the show is also driven by the Ram Trucks, Jeep Grand Cherokees, pre-owned and new SUVs and trucks, Mack Hike in Flowood, MackHikeFlowood.com. MackHikeFlowood.com. We want to welcome in Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. And Steve joins us on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. Uh, Steve, have you missed us? What's going on, buddy? Yeah, I miss you guys big time. My my Thursday mornings were completely different, especially last week wandering around at the Combine wondering, hey, what am I going to talk to my friends down there? But, uh, oh, you, you went to the Underwear Olympics? I did. I was more, like, more behind the scenes. I was working, uh, watching workouts. I was meeting with all of our teams and, 30, uh, 35 meetings in three days down there. So uh, just working, just working behind the scenes. All right. Uh, Palazzolo back on his favorite show, trumping uh, Dan Patrick, right. Colin Cowherd, <laughs> and all the NFL cities that he uh, does hits in. Okay, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Uh, you can see that, that NFL and Cowboys media – is questioning why in the world, evidently now this is kind of Stephen Jones's team, uh, why in the world they would move off of Amari Cooper, uh, that it doesn't make sense even to sign Gallup and Schultz, um, that Amari is that good a player. Um, what are your thoughts? Where do you stand if this unfolds in Dallas and Dallas doesn't sign, re-sign Amari Cooper, Steve? Yeah, I mean, normally you guys have heard me many times say, I mean, the way we've been in the NFL or to put up points in the NFL is to surround your quarterback with great playmakers. And the Cowboys have been as good as the Cats over the last couple of years, um, Amari Cooper being one of those key players. But I think there might be something to how the second team were kind of at the end of this tenure. It was with the Raiders as well. 
people have soured on Amari a little bit, whether it was injury related or or not showing up in big games or whatever. And, and I don't know. There's like a little bit of truth to that. Amari's always been this guy who's really good, really good at getting open. He was never as good, uh, you know, like a Calvin Johnson type or even or an Andre Johnson or a, uh, you know DeAndre Hopkins or whatever. He was never a dominant player, but you're always looking at a guy that's top 15, 20 type of receiver gets open in the whole deal. But it, it just seems like he has the Cowboys sour the way the Raiders did at the end, and and I think they're just trying to you know bond. Um, so I don't know as much about what's happening behind the scenes there. I do know if the Cowboys move on from Amari Cooper, I like Michael Gallup, bring Gallup back, that's great. But part of what has made Dallas you know, pretty productive offensively over the last few years is the third and fourth receivers as well and having that depth. So there'll still be some work to do to kind of get back to where they were when they had Amari Cooper, assuming he's gone. Okay. All right, uh, we're going to try to get a better connection with Steve Palazzolo. Blake, he and Blake are going to talk here for a second. want to welcome all of y'all in, say good morning to our listeners. Hope you're doing well. This is the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. One of the big stories of the offseason will always be Dak Prescott as long as he's playing. Uh, in the NFL, he plays the most important position. He plays with the star on his helmet. He's had uh, a lot of success. Um, there have been challenges and struggles, just like regardless of who you are, as far as a player, they're going to happen. Um, it looks like Dallas is going to move off of Amari Cooper. It's an absolute head-scratcher. And All right, so bottom line it for me, Steve. If you're the general manager of the Cowboys, would you re-sign Amari Cooper? I think I think there's enough going on behind the scenes. That, I, mean, I would on paper, but if there's enough going on behind the scenes that it's soured on him or the coaching staff is soured on him, Fine to move on with Amari, but you have to replace him. You have to see him straight. Bringing back Michael Gallup will be good, but that third receiver is still extremely valuable. And whether it's through the draft or or bringing back Cedric Wilson, you know, cheap. I think the Cowboys need to need to stay strong at receiver, especially rolling three deep because that's what's had given them so much success on offense the last couple of years. All right, Steve Palazzolo talking Dak Prescott and the Cowboys on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. So, Steve, um, I love where you're going here. And, and I love the, how you value wide receivers and where the game is going today. So, if they move off of Amari, does Steve Palazzolo not just strongly con- – is it a done deal that you draft a receiver with the first pick of the Cowboys, even though it's in the 20s? Or is it you strongly consider or done or 100% you draft a wide receiver in the first round if you're the Cowboys? I, I just think it makes the receiver the receiver is definitely in play in the first round. I do think there's some value there probably for the Cowboys on the defensive line, especially if they're you know if they're going to aggravate Demarcus Lawrence with contract stuff and they need help on the defensive line. So I think it's I think it's both. I, I do think uh, you know a guy like Sky Moore from Western Michigan could be a really nice fit. But you could have him in the second round potentially. So I don't think you have to force a wide receiver pick in round one. But if the right guy falls, you know, if the right Ohio State guy falls, Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave, I think both of those guys are gone. But if they're if they're available, just like when CD, I thought CD Lamb would be gone when he was available at seventeen a couple years ago. So if the right guy is there, you take him. I do think value wise, defensive line is probably shaping up to be the right play for Dallas, the way the board would fall. But 
um, yeah, I think you always keep your options open and, and take the best players at the, at the most valuable positions of the draft. All right. Blake, will you let me know? I know they're in the 20s. What are they, like 24 or something? Okay. All right. So uh, we'll all have to pour a triple bourbon as Stephen Jones makes that pick. Uh, Blake and I will be in Las Vegas. I'm not, I, I may have to console Blake, depending on which direction they go. Stephen will probably draft a safety, which would be fitting uh out of bounds espn 105.9 the zone we'll uh we're visiting with steve palazzolo pff.com pro football focus nfl insider okay if alave and i think you said garrett wilson ohio state wide receivers if they're off the board well if they're off the board and maybe another one i don't know how many by 24 who do you think could be the best option for the cowboys at that pick steve uh, at, receiver. at receiver, yeah, just at receiver, yeah. So again, I don't at twenty four. It's tough. Like I thought, I thought Traylon Burks from Arkansas would be a good fit for a bunch of teams. Didn't love his workout running four five five and kind of dealing with some weight issues. He still could be a good play there. Big body goes up and gets it, and, and it has good game speed that didn't necessarily show up at the combine. I uh, mentioned Sky Moore uh, from Central uh, from Western Michigan. Uh, who's you know a quick get you know receiver who just works the underneath stuff really well gets open but also ran right about four four at the combine as well to answer some speed questions again I don't know if twenty four is the right play necessarily that, um, hmm. for him but you know there's a, I think with so much of the way the the combine worked out and guys like Calvin Austin running extremely fast the Memphis receiver I, I really think there's going to be some good receivers available on day two. Um, so I would need, you know, a Drake London to fall, the big USC receiver. A Drake London, the two Ohio State guys. I would need those guys to fall to be, you know, to feel good about the receiver value at 24. If they're off the board, I really think the second round or day two in general could be a good place to pick up receivers just because I think it is such a deep class. Okay. Talking Dak and the Cowboys with Steve Palazzolo. Uh, for our listeners and for Steve, uh, I will be videoing Blake live at the draft in Las Vegas. And as soon as Stephen Jones and the Cowboys make that pick at 24, uh, I'm going to send, I'm going to text that video straight to Palazzolo. And when (laughs) Stephen Jones picks an outside linebacker and Blake starts throwing things in the, uh, in Reliant stadium, I'm not sure what direction it'll go. And we may get kicked out. We may not see the 25th pick of the, uh, of the NFL draft in, in about uh, whenever it is six weeks or so you're, Listening out of bounds. Why do you ESPN. have no faith? They've, <laughs> I, they've been great the last two years. Okay, that's a great point. Micah Parsons was unbelievable, and CD Lamb. Those were two great picks. That's a good point, Palazzolo. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's true. That that's like that's like two A picks. Uh, that Stephen yeah, Jones trust, and you gotta trust those Cowboys. Yeah. Okay. Great. Now, 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 our theme from now to the to, to the draft is how great the Cowboys are at drafting in the first round. Um, there you go. All right, let's. Uh, I, I want to ask you. I'm going to ask you this every week that we have you on leading up to the draft because of Matt Corral. But if if you're a general manager, Steve, and you're picking the first, however it lands, second pick, third pick, sixth pick, however this all rolls out. Uh, who is the first quarterback picked if you're the general manager in the NFL draft? Don't make me do it. I still don't know. 
Okay. I still don't have a strong inclination either way on on the quarterbacks. I I really think it depends on situation. If I know I can sit someone, I'd probably look at Malik Willis and think about you know sitting and developing him. If I needed a starter right away, which again I I wouldn't build my team where like I need to get a starter at QB. Um, Kenny Pickett would be intriguing, but I don't want my hand forced on any of this stuff. Corral, I think Corral and and Desmond Ritter, you know, are two guys I'd be looking at back end of the first round or early second and be happy with them there. But I, I think that's how most that's how I am with most quarterbacks. I think I'd rather not take one in the top half of the first round in this class. I would look at the look at them at the back end of the first and into the second. You know, any of the top six or so I'd be happy with in the second round. And I think some of those guys are going to fall. Um, I just don't have a strong inclination as far as the best of this bunch right now because it really is just all over the place. And I think it's dependent on situation. Well, uh, if you had to bet $100, is Corral off the board um, by the 18th pick? The Saints drafted eighteen. Is is correct? No, I think I think I think he's available. Okay, okay. I think I I think he'll be available. It's it, it's interesting because so many of the quarterbacks are seniors, or you know they they all went to the Senior Bowl, and it feels like Corral's going a little bit under the radar, you know, just because we we watched all the guys practice and play in the Senior Bowl and. You know, I think I think you're forget- I think people are forgetting about Corral a little bit, so there's not a ton of hype around him, and and certainly not in the top half of the first round. So I I, I think he's available in the in the back end of the first. That's incredible to me. I mean, I, I don't even think it's close. But I mean, I, and then you compare him to like Trey Lance. I, I mean, he's better. He's better than Trey yeah, Lance. I mean, He's better than Mac Jones. He's better than Justin Fields. He's he played in the best division in college football without the best talent, and was a superstar. I mean, he had to carry the whole load. I just that's it's 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 crazy to me right now, Steve. He he had the, the struggle as a favorable offense. I don't think his his arm is great. I know he's he's got some some throws where it kind of shows it off a little bit, but. You know, some of the off-platform stuff and, and velocity when he has to move and everything. Not on the run, but has to, like, reset and everything. I, I think that's not not the best. Uh, but I really think it's it's the quality of the offense or, you know, how good the offense was or favorite quarterbacks where there's not a whole bunch of NFL-type stuff there. Not that that's, uh, you know, impossible to overcome. It's just, again, it's, it's just part of the projection process. So... I think that's a big part of it. Um, absolutely, he, he balled out, did it in the SEC, did it with you know not one of the best teams in the SEC West, of course. So there's definitely something to that. But again, I think there's an, an you know the height, stature, build, all that stuff. I think people are probably going to use it against him um, for whatever that's worth. I mean, I think they're using it against Bryce Young next year as well. So um, it'll be interesting. But I think again, there's not a ton of hype around Corral right now. But I think if but that could change, him, right? I mean, who? Oh, I mean, any, you know, six weeks is an eternity between now and Vegas, right? I think you know teams are right in the middle now of getting the coaching staff and getting uh, more of the pro personnel people watching these players, right? So college scouts have been watching them forever. They put initial grades on them. 
But now, as you as, as free agency ends and everything, you're starting to get more draft evaluations, like in the building, so to speak. So probably right after free agency, you'll you'll get more hype, right? Which is like, oh, Kenny Pickett's never going to get out of the top ten, or Malik Willis is definitely the top QB off the board, or moving up, or whatever it is. You start to get that stuff probably right after free agency and get a lot more of that news. Hmm. Can you imagine? Steve, Blake, all right, so if we're at the NFL draft, we're in Vegas, we got cocktails in our hand, we're watching Goodell do all the stuff. Can you imagine if the Saints get corralled and Stephen Jones and the Cowboys continue their their drafting in the first round and nail a wide receiver? Talking about a party. For, for Blake and I, because I just don't see the Saints in free agency with what's happened the last few days, Steve. I don't see the Saints with, with just a really good option in free agency, which means if a corral is on the board, I don't see why not uh, drafting him. Your thoughts? I mean, Saints are in an interesting spot, right? It's like if Sean Payton was there, you would say, okay, I think they're going to try to win now. You know, they're trying to keep this roster together. They're always, you know, it looks like they're billions of dollars over in cap space, but they can restructure everybody to get to where they need to be, which they're in the middle of doing. So it's just, it's this interesting spot where they can still win, but you need the next quarterback and you got to take, start taking shots at quarterback. And, and I really think a guy like Jameis Winston, like when you see what Carson Wentz goes for a couple third round picks, conditional second there. I mean, Jameis Winston or Teddy Bridgewater are probably better values, you know, but you're also, it's not your guy for the future. I mean, Jameis could be, you know, because he was off to that start with the Saints. But I think the Bucks are going to be in play there. Saints will be in play to bring it back. Um, but again, you're, you're still in the quarterback market, and you guys have heard me say quite a bit, just take, keep taking quarterbacks, in part because the NFL is not great at evaluating quarterbacks. So even if you don't like somebody, I mean, they don't look like a great prospect to you. They're just a good prospect. You never know. Like, people didn't know that Dak was going to hit in the fourth round. People didn't know that Mahomes would be a, a Hall of Famer at 10 overall. Um, people will claim that they thought they thought that, but you don't really know. So you have to take shots at quarterback. And the Saints are in that bucket or in that boat. The Steelers are in that boat. Like, those teams, you have to try to find the next guy. But you're balancing it against getting another key contributor for the team with whichever free agent quarterback you bring in. So that's the discussions that are happening, but I'd be all in on just, you know, taking the quarterback, seeing what you have and, you know, looking for that next guy. All right. Now that Russell Wilson's with the Denver Broncos and Aaron Rodgers has decided to go back to green Bay. Uh, no, let me go here before I go Steelers. I'll, although you may tie the Steelers in. All right. Deshaun Watson. Let's just assume that, the legal stuff gets cleaned up tomorrow, which people, some people believe could happen. Where does that leave us in your, if it gets cleaned up tomorrow and Deshaun's in a better spot, where do you think that takes us with Deshaun Watson, Steve? I mean, I think it's just all, all the teams that are left with, with quarterback issues are, you know, throwing draft picks at the Texans. You know, it's uh, the Panthers are, are pretty desperate. I think they have Sam Darnold and, they're picking six overall. Who knows if they love anybody? Uh, they have a mess on their offensive line, but it's year three for Matt Rule, and, and they need to make a move. They, they've been in on every quarterback the last couple of years. Panthers would be 
you know, looking for Watson. I, the Colts desperately need a QB, but you wouldn't imagine Watson's going in the division, so they're probably out. Steelers are also they're in the AFC, so you're less likely to you know maybe trade Watson to the AFC if you're the Texans. But the Steelers are certainly calling about him. So I think, yeah, I mean, there's the teams that are desperate at, at this at the moment that didn't make the Russell Wilson move, the Broncos being gone. I mean, Seattle's in that mix, of course, now because they could do anything, and they actually have some draft picks to maybe to use now. So maybe they're gonna can they flip from Russell Wilson to Deshaun Watson? I don't know. Um, but if you've got a quarterback issue and things are completely cleared up as far as you know legal issues go with Deshaun Watson, he's the next the next big piece around the NFL, especially with the um, the quarterback class being you know filled with question marks this year. Mm, okay, Steve Palazzolo, NFL Insider, PFF.com, Pro Football Focus. Uh, Steve, can you ever remember a division like the AFC West? Uh, loaded the way it is with quarterbacks now that Russell Wilson uh, goes from the Seattle to the Broncos? No, I'm trying to think back. I mean, like Elway and Montana were in the same division for a couple of years. I mean, we just saw Brady and Breeze in the same division, but it wasn't the same top to bottom. I mean, Mahomes, Herbert, and Russell Wilson. I'll tell you what this could do. The Raiders, you know, they said they're going to stick with Derek Carr. He's got one year left on his contract. This might be the smart play with Josh McDaniels coming in, Dave Ziegler's the new GM. Just say, look, we're not going to win the next the next couple of years. Let's let's look to three years from now. We just got hired. We have some time to build it up. Derek Carr is our most valuable asset. The teams that I just mentioned throw the Bucks in there too. By the way, desperate for a quarterback. All those teams, you know, you might be able to get a ton for Derek Carr because. Teams need a quarterback. All these teams, you know, they don't want to draft somebody. The Bucks want to compete right now. The Steelers want to compete. Maybe the Raiders end up flipping Derek Carr, sucking it up in the basement the next couple of years and trying to build that roster up to compete two, two years from now. Could be a viable strategy now that Russ is in the division. But, yeah, I've never seen anything like it. So it's going to be awesome. You're going to see Russ versus Herbert twice, Russ versus Mahomes twice. Chiefs and Chargers were already playing great games last year. So it's going to be amazing. AFC West next year, next couple of years. All right, we'll leave it there. Uh, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. Well, how about this? Are the It's early, but the leaders in the clubhouse for you in the NFC, now that now that Aaron and Devontae, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams going back to Green Bay, is the leader in the clubhouse for you uh, the Packers or another team, Steve? No, it's, it's the Packers. They won't be able to keep everybody next year, but they'll, they'll have their nucleus intact. Cowboys are still looking good. You know, the Rams, of course, are still – they'll be good enough, you know, even if they lose some players. And the Cardinals probably need to be considered in there too. I mean, the, the rest of the NFC South is not great. And the rest of the NFC East, I mean, the, maybe the Eagles are like a top-four team in the NFC, unless I'm forgetting somebody here. Because the whole NFC North is rebuilding besides the Packers. The West, you got Seattle rebuilding now. Of course, the Niners will be in there too. But it's not – it's not as competitive as the AFC looks right now, that's for sure. I got one minute. I lied. I, I just followed up with two more questions. Uh, Kyler Murray, are right. you concerned about the lack of leadership qualities that you're hearing out of uh, Arizona with Kyler Murray? I am, just because it's like $40 million a year or, or nothing, right? I mean, for Arizona, it's just such a tough decision. You're either investing a, a, a ridiculous amount of money in this guy, which is the going rate for a top quarterback, which he is on the field, but again, when you, when you 
when the quarterback isn't when he doesn't look like like a a leader like a Mahomes, a Brady, a, a Breeze, or whoever you want to say, it's an issue, right? Um, I still think they pay him. They'll figure it out. They'll get there. But of course, there's some risk there if, if things aren't perfect off the field when you're paying forty million dollars a year for your for your QB. I know Russ to the Broncos and Aaron staying to Green Bay was wild this week. I think we're just getting started, Steve, with some other I things hope so. that could happen. Yeah. The NFL packed like an off season's worth of news into two days. I was waiting for it. So yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> I bet PFF.com was nuts. Uh and with Deshaun, we'll see what happens there. And then how is all that gonna impact the top five and top ten picks in the NFL draft? I think it'll have a tremendous impact. On, on those picks. He is Steve Palazzolo, NFL insider, pro football focused, uh, pff.com. Steve, have a great weekend, buddy. Thanks, man. Thank you. You too. Appreciate you guys. That was uh, Steve Palazzolo on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. We're live from the uh, beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast on a Thursday. Sun's trying to come out. And uh, we've got another hour of Out of Bounds on 105.9 The Zone. 